Today's episode is with Ricardo C. Taylor, a serial author, an accountant, entrepreneur, and was once actually a pastor leading a congregation. Many lifetimes lived in one, as you can see. Now, this conversation is definitely different than the ones you're usually used to listening to, right? But I, for one, was very happy that I had the opportunity to have this conversation because of how the idea of spirituality and abundance in life financially come together in Ricardo's thoughts. Whereas most people often feel that spirituality at the highest levels is divorced from having resources and, and, and being an entrepreneur and being successful. In his world, in order to truly fundamentally serve at the highest levels in life with such strong faith, you actually need those resources as an entrepreneur. It's, it's, it's a calling that many, many should be rising to if they have the courage to do so. And so by that nature, inviting a conversation that encourages people to become entrepreneurs and business owners is something I'm totally for. And so with that said, not only will we be covering his book, Money, Riches, and Wealth, which literally expands on that idea at length, but we're also going to be able to have just a back and forth where you get to know a little bit more about his own background. And at the same time, to help you understand where this message is coming from. So with that said, without further ado, Ricardo C. Taylor. Ricardo, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, you know, I, before we had hit record, we, had, we discussed a lot of things uh, about, you know, you, you have four books, you know, and uh, you're an accountant by trade and uh, you've spent a, almost a whole lifetime as well before that, you know, uh, being in the ministry and, and, and helping people through their spiritual experience here in the world. And so there's a lot that comes with that, a lot of, uh, a lot of responsibility. And um, at the same time, you have never once taken what it is you do for work uh, for granted. You actually feel, and it was, I thought it was one of your more fascinating ideas, uh, that work should be doubled down on because that's really where the light comes to shine in the world. And so before I go any further, I just, I just want to invite you to share with us a little bit about yourself in terms of like uh, your background and education and, and sort of your work, your work as, a, as an accountant. And at the same time, if you can uh, go a little into what it was like to try to balance that with a strong spiritual life, leading people and helping people as a pastor. I would say that in the, in the early stages, it wasn't hard because I was trained as an accountant and I, you know, in terms of my understanding of work and stuff like that, from my reading, that work was important. So I never sort of felt that I had to give up my work and I had to balance once I got saved in the church and started to help people and stuff like that, I started to build my own spiritual life. But I was balancing helping people along with understanding the marketplace, understanding how work works. So 
work is important. And I always understand that. I understand that money is important or work is important. It's a matter of how do you help people to come to that place of understanding that they want to be in business or they want to be prosperous as well. So in terms of the book that I started to write, I sort of like was trapped in an, in an environment that was barely spiritual, right? It was just about being holiness and living inside the four walls of a church. So I wanted to see how could I explain money better, what money is, what riches is, what prosperity is, right? And to explain it because I, I'm a teacher, but I was trained, you know, I'm a financial accountant, right? I'm a, I'm a, actually I'm a management accountant. So I wanted people within the church to understand how they can function outside of the four walls of a church. And how do you function within the four walls of a church? You either have to open a business and start a business or you're working in business. So that is important to help people to understand that their business or where they work is important and it is valuable to God. See, because any church, you tell people that your worship is secular, but really and truly, as God sees it, your work is tremendously important. It's important from many perspectives. It's important for how you support your family. It's important to how you supply your needs. It's important to how you help other people. Yeah. Now, often, and, and I really want to hear where this comes from, because often you'll find people that are heavily spiritual or that run congregations, things of that nature, constantly trying to tell people that money is the root of all evil or this or that. Uh, and and it, it seems to be divorced almost from being able to have a full and healthy spiritual life, which is weird because a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed on all the shows that I've hosted, uh, a lot of them do have really strong spiritual lives and say that, that they get all their energy to do all this great stuff from the power of their faith and how grateful they are uh, for, you know, the, the blessings of, of their, their creator that they believe in. So I'd love to hear where for you, this idea really came from. Well, to me, I think that many entrepreneurs and business people, unless they're in a really strong dynamic church, they struggle, they struggle with the theology of the church that tells them that money is evil, the root of money is the root of all evil, but yet they want them to come into the church and to give all their money to the church. So it's sort of like, doesn't make sense. You see what I'm saying? So the people that are out there in business, they have a relationship with God and that drives them to God is a very passionate God. Um, you know, like um, God, 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 God calls people to business. God doesn't just call people to, to, to ministry within the church. So their passion they live out that passion, and I started to understand that I have to live out my passion within, if, outside of the four walls of the church, as a as an accountant in business. I'm working every day with managers and, and, and people who are entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And side by side, iron sharpens iron, and you live with them, and you start to grow and develop. Now, most people are still looking within the church to help them to grow and develop. The problem is, though, that this church, this church is not going to help them develop if they are in business, unless the church is a church that understands business and understands ministry in a different level, to a different extent. You understand? So I, I never really struggled with that because I knew from the very beginning as, a, as an accountant training, in training that when God calls me, he wanted to use my work and what I had 
to help people and to help others and to help my family. You know, to, to, I mean, work is the means of supplying your needs, supplying the needs of your family and helping others as well. Now, why did you decide to title your book, uh, the, the title that you gave it? Can you put it up for the camera here for anyone who's actually uh, going to be watching this video? Yeah, see, so money, riches, and wealth, right? For, for you, that was what captured the essence. Um, I imagine it must have been quite a journey to writing the book. Now, that's the title. Where does that come from for you, especially when your faith is so strong? Again, most people don't have that stance on money. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you, like, what is your core and fundamental view every day that you wake up, you say to yourself, I have these monies, these riches, these wealths, right? Are they all the same thing or how do you view wealth? <laughs> no, um, my understanding in terms of money, riches, and wealth, I wanted to share it because of the myths that was involved in the church, where, as you just said, money is the root of all evil. And people within the church circle, they want them to come and give all the money to the church, but as they don't really understand money, riches, and wealth, it's a struggle, you understand? Um, money is important. Money is important to society. Money is a medium of exchange, right? And riches, God wants you to, to be rich. But I started to understand as well that, you know, I am rich. I am rich because I have an abundance of things. And then wealth, wealth is multi-generational, right? Like if you, if you look at money, money, money is like, or riches is like an abundance of things or an abundance of money, right? But Wealth is like a river of it. In terms of cash flow, you know, it would be like piles of cash. But wealth is like cash flow. You know, you have, you have all that you need. You understand? And um, so I wanted to transmit those things so that people can have those myths broken out of their lives. Because if you say that, you know, you're going to always be poor or it's poor to be spiritual and you have these mindsets, you're not going to be relating to money as you should. You have to have a proper relationship with money because money is neutral. Money is neither good or bad. It's how you use it. You understand? Wealth is neither good or bad. It's how you use it. In fact, God wants you to be wealthy so that you can help other people. And that, that same passion that you're talking about when you're in business, it drives you every day to get up and to go because you, when you're in business, what you're actually doing is that you're in a marketplace helping other people helping people along the journey of life. I mean, many people get their enjoyment from meeting other people in society, in business. You understand? And, and there are some people that even operate in a sense where they may train the employees to understand that their role in the business is to help customers, to help people. And they may even come into the boardroom and prayer. In fact, when I was in, in business, we used to meet every um, Wednesday and meet just to prayer. We used to prayer for God's success for the business, for God's success for our families, and so on. So we were always integrating work with, 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 with our faith. You understand? Um, work and faith. Faith and works. Faith without works is dead. So, you know, you, you want to have a lot of faith, but if you don't have works, but how do you do your works? Your works, the, the, the biggest part of, of, of any nation is the marketplace. And that is where... Christians are every day. 
of their lives. They spend more time in the marketplace, but because they don't understand how it relates to, you know, what they're doing within the church, it becomes a problematic because they're sort of like dual-minded. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think you you made something interesting come up here, and that is when you're a parent who has such a strong faith and you're, you know, you're every day, you're hustling and bustling and you've got a business how do you pass that on to children in a way where they actually want to embrace it, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they have families. They, they're successful enough that they, they can afford it and they're excited about it and they, they try to do it the best that they could. They chose the specific partner, right? It didn't just happen by accident. Sometimes it does and even then they're prepared for it, right? But then passing this on to, to, to their children in a way where the children are actually ecstatic about it and happy and want to believe because it's not always the case, right? Yeah. How do you how do you view this handing down, this passing down and, and carrying on the tradition of ensuring they understand the value of business because of what it does for the world while also maintaining a strong faith? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I, I think it is a dynamic, all right? Where if you're in business, you would like your children to follow your footsteps and to take on the business, right? Um, they say that um, Jews are good at that. You know, they will start one business and then they'll buy another business and the family continues with the business. The truth of the matter, no, is that in the world we live in today, um, with the dynamic and the increasing education and stuff like that, the greatest value that you have is to transmit for your children how they see you, how do you see you operate? Because your daughter may come up and say, I want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be in business with you. It's not, I don't love you. I want to, I, I'm not happy in your business, but I want to be a lawyer. Or some may say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a graphic designer or whatever. So you have to allow your children to be an adult, but you have to allow them to see your spirituality, your zealousness for God, because that's the most important thing, is that, that they see how you love God and how spiritual you are, you know, and how and how you love them despite of what they choose. So I, I'm not sure if you understand it, but now that I'm saying, like, you know, you would want them to follow after your footsteps and to continue the tradition in the business. But suppose they don't want to. Suppose they don't want to. Suppose they want to be a lawyer. Suppose they want to be a gynecologist. Suppose they want to be, you know, what I'm saying, whatever. But you see, businesses, business is not located within just one sphere, though, because you could still be a doctor and still be an entrepreneur. In fact, that's what the kingdom is about. It's about learning you not only to be a specific thing, but to sort of like control. So if you open a business and you have to get transportation, you own the transportation business, right? You you, you buy all, you know, you got you you, you got your market covered. And you know, so you 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 start to understand that increase comes is a dynamic. You know, and and, and, and that, that as you flow in business, you increase. You start small and you start to increase and you expand. So you have something going now where you have a you have a, a hotel business, you have a Airbnb business, and and then you have to bring in cleaners to clean it. But okay, you maybe you start you have to start a cleaning company. <laughs> you know, and you have you cleaning your own, your own properties and so on. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, so that's how it is. But I think that the greatest value is for your children to see you at work. That's what that, that's how Jesus trained his disciples. He called twelve and he allowed them to see him at work. I love that. Yeah. Now, 
let's get back to this conversation we're having earlier about, you know, uh, money and the root of all evil and its relationship to spirituality. How does, because uh, there are a lot of really successful entrepreneurs that do attend their congregations. You know, they do go to their holy homes and with the holy books and their holy community in whatever capacity they believe in, whatever their flavor is, right? But then they have to sit there and hear someone say things like money is the root of all evil and make them feel a certain way about their yeah. their abundance in life, right? How do they have that conversation? How would you suggest that they have that conversation? Should they avoid it altogether and just not mention it? Uh, or is there a way for them to to grow that relationship that they have with the leaders of their congregation so that they don't feel like every time money comes up, it's, it's something that makes them feel a certain way. Because I imagine that's something that they go through sometimes. They go through sometimes, but I think what, what mature people have done is that they will choose a church that will value them and sort of like integrate their understanding and their beliefs you know, better so that they can function in the church better and they could support, because most people want to support the church. They want to support the local church and stuff like that. It's just that they don't want to be second-class citizens. Like they don't just be, you know, the empty pocket that supplies everything. You know, they want to know that they, their, their ministry in the marketplace and the business is valued. That's something that is rare. So, you know, many times they have people move from churches and stuff like that to find, um, you know, a, a, a church that that have a better understanding of the marketplace and market, marketplace Christianity, you know, so that they can function better and they can they can feel. But some people also are scared. They're scared. They're scared that you know they get labeled to be atheists and they don't not Christian and they can go to hell or whatever. <laughs> you know, so you know they may put up with it and stuff like that, even though they don't like it because they don't want to go to hell, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, this may be a myth anyway, because I, I'm not sure if God wants people to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and and that's the reason I was asking. So then maybe we could flip the conversation invertedly and say, if there is someone who's leading a congregation who's listening and has been struggling with that, what should they understand about business and business people and, and so that they can better support and foster that type of abundance in their community to help the whole community also learn by example. Yeah, I think that what they should do is start reading books about business or, or even um, books that are written by people who were in business, who understand. In fact, the early, some of the later church, like the Puritans and the Moravians and stuff, a lot of those people were business people. You see what I'm saying? So what, what a minister needs to do is to expand his knowledge, not just reading the Bible, but also to understand, um, you know, secular things, but quote unquote secular things, understand, you know, how business functions, how important business is, so that he can relate to people who come into his church, you know, um, suppose the prime minister comes in and he gets saved in your church. I mean, how are you going to relate to the prime minister? You know, I mean, the prime minister is the prime minister of the country. He has a, he or she has an important ministry and you have to be able to function and to relate to them. You understand? You, you don't want to be like a fish out of water. So you have to you have to expand your your own knowledge, your own limited knowledge. Because most people think that you know it's only it just it just read the Bible and that's it. You know, um, you know, like but you, you, there's so much happening in the world today that you have to expand yourself. You have to expand yourself so that you can have knowledge of what's happening in the world in terms of markets, in terms of business. 
you know, in terms of what's going on in the war, in terms of everything, ministers have to grow and increase themselves so that they can provide value to people who they serve. I love that because no one is having this conversation. No one is opening this up for discussion to say that in order to guide people through the, the world of worldly things, one must be familiar with it more so than the average person in order to be the leader. And how do, how do you find the time for that um, with, with your business? Because then one thing that's true about all business people is they're always so busy. So, 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 so busy. busy. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but you're not so, you, you can't be too busy not to read. Reading is still one of the keys to knowledge. So, you know, I mean, there, there, there are many, many businessmen um, like Bert, 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 and stuff like that. They read books every, you know, one book a year. You know, some people read even more books a year and they try to get books that can help to increase them and improve them. So what I'm saying is that it's not just the Bible. There are people who God has invested many, many years of, of things in their lives. And this is the blessing that I have where you can take some person who's written a book and you can read it in six hours and you can transfer knowledge that has taken him 30 years onto yourself. See, because you were willing to expand your horizons. How do you expand your horizons in a global world that is changing and transforming every day? We live in a time of war. We live in, you know, I mean, in terms of preparing, I was listening to the, I think it was called Israeli um, lectures, you know, which is a BBC um, uh, a man who, who, who's given a lecture and stuff like that, you know, a lecture about dem democracy and how democracy is working and how it will work in the future and about how to handle conflict and stuff like that. I mean, you have to expand your horizons. You don't expand your horizon just by, you know, reading, you know, the pages of, of, of scripture. You have to, you have to, you have to realize that everything, once you become saved, right? God sanctifies everything. Everything is sanctified, right? Once you are a believer, everything is sanctified. So, um, you know, um, there are people who may not have the same beliefs that I have, but they are spiritual and they are pursuing their talents and their gifts. And that is fine because God loves them and God wants them to be passionate about what they're doing. God wants them to love their families, love their wives, love their children and to pursue what he put in their hearts. And God is a God who loves everybody and who loves people. I love this. Now, if, if you had one thing you could uh, tell people who are listening, uh, share with people, I should say, who are listening uh, maybe a practice, some kind of ritual that helps them remember in a way, and maybe you do this, uh, that helps them remember how important their, their, their work is in conjunction with their faith. Like how do, they, how do you make it so that they live together in harmony every single day? Is there a thing that you do? Is there a, a phrase that you say? Is there a verse in particular that stands out to you that really brings that message home? Um, I think there are a number of scriptures, but in terms of what I what brings it home to me is I look at the life of Christ. All the time, Christ came as a carpenter. He came as a worker. He worked every day for like 15 years before he fulfilled his ultimate ministry of going to the cross. So he was a worker, right? He worked every day and I, he worked excellent work. So just given that, who is the son of God, who's God himself in human flesh working, 
It means that working is good. It means that God restored work as a gift to humanity and society. And it is a gift that we can give to our families and our children and society where we encourage people to be good workers, but also to expand their horizons where they could be business people. They can be businessmen, start their own business, become a small businessman, not even a small businessman because that is a misnomer. Because once you start a business, your, your, your goal is to expand and to develop it, to start small and then to to, to what's the next thing, you know, you, you know, you get it, you get you get something else and you start to grow and develop because God is a God of increase. God is a God of expansion. God owns everything. You can imagine that God, God owns everything. He's a businessman, <laughs> you know, and that's how God, that's how I, that's how I view it. I view it by looking at the life of Christ. If he had come as a, as a, a priest, I I, 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 I would struggle, but he didn't come as a priest. He came as a worker. He came as a, he came as a, a carpenter. And actually, he was known as the carpenter of Nazareth. He was he was known as a carpenter, which means that he used to do excellent work. When, when somebody called on, 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 on Joseph and, on, and his family to do work, they would they can know that the work is gonna be excellent. And that's the kind of spirit I have as, a, as an entrepreneur, a spirit of excellence. Right, that everything that you do, you do it with an excellent spirit. You know, service is the key in society in terms of running a business. If somebody buy a business for something from you and them in a breakdown, you can't help them, you don't do anything, you just walk away. No, you have to serve, you have to serve your customers, and that's what you're doing every day. Absolutely, man. Uh, that's for me, they couldn't have said it better. Now, with that said, I want to roll out the red carpet here and allow people to know where they can look up more of your books if they're interested in you as a, as a writer, as a speaker. Where can they learn more about you? Is there a website, a social media account? Yeah, there's a website, Ricardo C. Taylor. Um, if you Google a Ricardo C. Taylor, you'll see the website and you will see their links in terms of um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, so, but the, the website is the basic um, basic site, and you will see there all the books. We also have audio books so that you can actually, if you don't like reading, you can listen to it and stuff on your way. And um, that's how it's going. And, and the message is to go to the end of the earth. I love that, man. I, I'm really grateful that you took the time to share this kind of message. And I'll tell you why, because like, it's no mystery to you. This is why you're doing this, but it really is surprising how many people divorce the idea of abundance and 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 their and an entrepreneurship and their ability to impact the world right uh from something that anchors you that's higher than money itself right yeah this conversation yeah. isn't had enough and some people call it their why or what have you and they, they find their purpose elsewhere right whatever it is just being tethered to something more than just the actual money itself because yeah. it's not the end it's the means yeah. right mm -hmm. that discussion needs to happen a lot more in whatever capacity and that's why i'm so grateful that the message that you share brings that that it encourages people to do excellent work that it shows people and not just people but also leaders of organizations in particular in the spiritual communities to understand that uh, this needs to be encouraged because there's nothing more human than being an entrepreneur. I, I, I truly believe that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that as well, you know, that because it is one of the greatest gifts 
that you can do to help a community, help a society, help a city or a nation that you live in. Yeah, man. The Bible says that very right, prosper, the city prospers. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I know you got the quotes, man. I know you have the verses. <laughs> And, uh, and, and your books will, will have many of those references in particular, you know, money, riches, and wealth, as, as you shared with us earlier, uh, on the, for those who were watching the video, you'll see the cover. But for those of you who are just listening again, uh, if I imagine correctly, when they do a search on you, it'll be available on Amazon and all the other bookstores. Yes, yeah, it's available on Amazon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Ricardo, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on, man. Truly, truly genuine person and a strong message that I want to see expanded and magnified. So let's hope this is the last time you and I get to chat. Thank you, Philip.